Dateline, a long time ago, galaxy far, far away. The clone armies of the Republic are spread out across the galaxy, fighting droid armies of the Separatist movement. And from the front lines of the battle comes Frontline, the Clone War podcast, with your host, Michael Cohen. And now, Michael Cohen. Welcome to the 26th episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Children of the Force. I am Michael, and uh, with me, as always, is Matt. Here I am. And, uh, and we, are, we are back again this week to talk about, well, Clone Wars. I mean, Children of the Force. Yeah, Children of the Force, which I'm just going to say right now, so far, of these three episodes that have been out, is my favorite episode of season two, hands down. It's not quite as good as Trespass, which, Ooh, like I said last close. week, Huh? Every everything <laughs> is is against that benchmark. Yeah, but, yeah. But man, this episode just it blew me away. It blew me away. But, yeah, uh, I, I heard you on Twitter, or not heard you. I, I saw what you wrote on Twitter. Yeah, and because uh, you had saw it, I didn't think you saw it till Saturday, right? Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't manage late, to get so. it until Saturday afternoon. So. Yeah, uh, same here. I was at the concert, but uh, I saw it on Saturday too, and I was like, wow, this is just keeps ramping up from one to the other so this is uh the third one and uh yeah incredible episode and we'll get into that in a few minutes um yeah definitely definitely but yeah yeah let's get into the news so i the the big news is that uh recently cartoon network has uh redesigned their clone wars site uh so they kind of they beat me to the punch because i've been dragging my heels and not getting our CloneWarsPodcast.com redesign finished, but uh, but they they've got their new site and uh, and there was just a, a brief article on StarWars.com. I'm just going to read part of it. Uh, Cartoon Network Digital announced today the redesign of their official site and the launch of the Star Wars: The Clone Wars Game Creator, which gives fans the power to rebuild. Uh, to, sorry, to build their own part of the Clone Wars universe and share it with other gamers all over the world on CartoonNetwork.com. The official site has been dynamically redesigned to better promote network shows, optimize advertising, in addition to showcasing the more than 200 free-to-play online games, video, and interactive content. Available to play now at CartoonNetwork.com's The Clone Wars site, the new game creator features the same ease of use and flexibility as previous game creators, but also offers a different style of gameplay as a top-down action-adventure. Uh, the Ben 10 Alien Force game creator has posted more than 630 million gameplays since launch, with more than 4.6 million games created by fans. By far one of the most popular and interactive games on the official site. So hopefully hopefully the uh, the Clone Wars one's going to blow that out of the water. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of the, the way I figure it'll go. Because uh, anytime, anytime anybody does something, Star Wars will come along and they'll do the Star Wars version of it and just like break records and completely destroy everything. I mean, like last million. year, yeah, like last year with uh with the Clone Wars airing, it's the top-rated kids show. Right. Like animated kids show. So, I mean, that's uh that's pretty crazy stuff. So, hopefully hopefully this this uh Clone Wars game creator thing will uh We'll do the same thing. It'll it'll be the coolest game creator of all time. I haven't played it yet. Did you play it? Well, I we like we tried to get on earlier, but 
Yeah. And maybe there's so many people playing, it shut down the site. Who knows? Uh, but I was actually finally able to get on at the very end, and, and I didn't get to build my own game. I just really quickly um, tried one of the, uh, the quick games, I guess, or you can play an out type of game. And it was more towards um, like a five to ten year old type type game. Um, you use the keyboard as a controller, and you're this one happened to be Captain Rex, and you were driving him around on his um, bark speeder, and then you can shoot clones and 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 the such. So um, that was just a real quick demo I did. So if anybody out there has has tried this yet, let us know what you think. Um, yeah, definitely. I'll, I once I once the site kind of slows down a little bit, I'll try and get on there. And, try it out myself because i'm always interested to see what these flash games are like my problem is that a lot of the time they run really slow or they're really like laggy lags yeah. um, mm-hmm. the 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 recent one that was just up on starwars.com that's like the you're in like a, a v19 torrent yeah. and it's just like the top-down shooter style thing it yeah it, it was really laggy i played it for about five minutes and just got sick of it because it was so slow to play. But uh, that might just be my computer or my internet connection at the time or something. Like I've told you before, Matt, I've got like 20 million devices hooked up to my, uh, my <laughs> Wi-Fi. Oh, so, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah it's uh, Same here. It can get bogged down every once in a while. If the TiVo, the, uh, the PlayStation 3, the Nintendo Wii, and my phone are all doing something at the same time, my computer right. really slows down. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, we found uh, out real quick uh, doing this podcast wirelessly, which I think our first show we did, we had three, yeah. three dropouts because I'm the same way. I'm, I'm wireless over here, and I got two Xbox 360s hooked up and the phone and the uh, Apple TV and the whole nine yards, and this, it's not going to work. So it sounds like you played this uh, that game more than Republic Heroes, though. <laughs> Maybe. This is true. This is true. Yeah, I played. Well, no, I played the Republic Heroes demo all the way through, but uh, but we'll talk about. Wow, that you got through more. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that more in the in the later. Okay, we'll yeah. do that. Later. Okay. Um, should, let's see. We'll get into uh, Star Wars in concert. Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tell us. Uh, you just you just went and and uh, got a chance to see it yourself uh, this past Saturday and. Uh, how was it? Oh, yes. It was, well, if you haven't read my review, go over to Clone Wars Podcast uh, website. Check out the review. Not a huge review, but I got some pictures over there and just a quick breakdown of of what happened during the night. But if you're a Star Wars fan, you want to see this. Um, yeah. I mean, you're talking about an orchestra. It wasn't the London Philharmonic, but it was a Philharmonic Orchestra. It was played live, which was unbelievable, with a chorus, which mm-hmm. two of my favorites were, of course, Duel of the Fates and Battle of the Heroes, where they have yeah. that big rushing chorus, and they're playing these images on a crystal clear LED screen. And the screen is like a, you're in like a movie theater. I mean, it's not yeah. gigantic. I mean, I was expecting something like IMAX type, but it wasn't that big. But it was a definite, you know movie type screen but it was crystal clear clearer than anything and i was sitting back in the back area second tier of this uh arena it was an act actually a basketball arena converted uh for the concert 
but we were sitting in the back, and uh, it w- it just looked fantastic. I mean, if if Blu-ray is going to look anything like this, and it'll probably look better. I mean, I can't wait for that. Um, but hearing the music, you know, live, you know, you know what? That something like that, like when you see something like like the Star Wars footage in. Uh, in in a new setting like that, it's actually usually a, a sign that something's coming. Like um, oh, I knew yeah. I knew that uh, that Star Wars was coming to DVD pretty quick when the first Rogue Squadron came, game came out for the GameCube, and it had it had video quality, like it had the little clips from the movies Movie that sort of yes. played over the menus yes. that were like perfect. DVD quality, and I was like, "That's a really far cry from the THX VHS quality, or the or even the special edition VHS quality." They must be doing something with it. And then a couple of years later, I think, what, like three years later, three years, they came, they came out on DVD. Yeah. So I mean, that that was that what you what you saw is probably actually a precursor to to the DVDs coming out on, on Blu-ray, like to the movies coming out on Blu-ray. So yeah, I, I, I doubt it's far behind. I I I think it's crystal clear. I mean, it's, it was unbelievable. And they had 42 inch screens, um, not inside the concert, but where the member, uh, the, uh, all the extra stuff and memorabilia, they had 42 inch screens and they were playing behind the scenes type, um, clips. And a lot of them I had never seen before. I haven't seen them on any of the DVD releases. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there's tons of material that they haven't put out yet and maybe saving for, uh, you know, Star Wars in 3D or Blu-ray or whatever. Probably Blu-ray. But a lot of different, a lot of material. Um, and the way it is now with movies, I mean, they pretty much tape everything behind the scenes. So there's going to be yeah. hours and hours of extra stuff. So Yeah. And, you know, the, the exhibit was cool. I, there was a few things that I thought were missing um, and I wish there was a little bit more of, of the memorabilia to see. Um, but you know, of course you're there for the concert and I wrote this in the, in the review. It's, it's easy to see how Lucas, um, thought when he first had John Williams sit down and write the score for star Wars, that it exceeded his expectations and listening to it. I mean, you can just, it's obvious why. I mean, being Lucas at that time and hearing that, you got to be going, holy mackerel. As you're watching yeah. this, his movie, and he's got these, this brand new score coming out. And you can actually see why, why it exceeded his expectations. I mean, it's, it's just incredible uh, live. So if you're a Star Wars fan, and, you know, my tickets were only $35, and I actually moved because I was surprised that the uh, concert wasn't a sellout. There was a lot of extra seats, so... Oh wow! For thirty-five dollars, I mean, it's a no-brainer. You got to go see this. I mean, I don't know exactly if that's going to be in every arena, but in our arena, they they range from seventy-five dollars in the very front to fifty-five, and then to thirty-five in the rear. And sitting in the back was didn't bother me at all. I mean, they have the screen up, and then Anthony Daniels comes out. Perfect choice for a host. Yeah, uh, excellent choice. And. Um, you know, for $35, if that's what it is, or even less, go see this. I mean, worth every penny. Cool. So check out the uh, review on the site. There's some pictures, like I said, and a little more of a rundown of of the set list and a couple other things. So check that out. 
Yeah, I should really look into going down to Seattle to see it because that's the nearest place. I don't think it's crossing the border. Well, at, at least all. not yet, right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's true. It might it's supposed it to might run a couple up, years, I, I think. Yeah. yeah, it might end up coming up here. So. That would be really cool if it came to Vancouver. Oh, man. Yeah. I would die. That would be great if I didn't have to go anywhere. Because yeah. normally you guys get stuff like that, and it's like we would never in a million years get like the star, a Star Wars exhibit of any kind right. here. There's no, there's no venue where they'd even show it, I don't think. Maybe maybe at the Pacific National Exhibition, which those people who live in BC know of, uh, we call it the PNE. But it's kinda it's kinda I guess the, the equivalent of like a county fair. But okay, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. it's it's in the middle of downtown Vancouver. Well, not in the middle of downtown Vancouver, but kinda like it's there's a fairground that we have that we do that at every year. But I, that's the only place that I could see them doing that because there's just no venue to do something like that here. Right. So so we never get anything. Like, we never get any cool exhibits or... Because or, I think... Yeah. Uh, is it Chicago that's got one right now? I think Chicago has one right now. An exhibit? Yeah, or recently or something like that they had. They had something. Yeah, I'm hearing about. Uh, it was like yeah, like the the Smithsonian. Type oh, right, right, right. I know, yeah. I know that there's a Star Wars section at the Smithsonian. Right. Because because uh, if you've seen the um, the previews or if you've seen the movie, uh, the the second night at the museum, uh, Darth Vader is in there. Darth Vader, yes. Yeah. yeah so. He makes a cameo. Yeah. yeah. But uh, cool. Um, well. Were there any? I mean, we don't really have any collecting news this week because there's just not a lot to talk about at the moment. Just but, new waves of uh, Clone yeah. Wars figures out and stuff. Yeah, like that. I think I think it, like I I haven't really seen anything online for the new waves. But have you seen anything new recently? The last thing I've seen in store was uh, was only Wave Two, and then I think Wave Three of the Clone Wars and Wave Two of the Legacy, which okay. is the only ones I'm collecting. Yeah. So that's the only ones I pay attention to. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, no, that's no, funny because up here, up up here, we got, um, geez, for, with the new red packaging, I think we've gotten four different waves at the comic shop that I go to. Uh, oh. st- like Toys R Us has only gotten the first wave, I think maybe the second wave, but but my local comic shop has tons of figures, tons of new figures. Uh, you know, the new Anakin, the new Obi Wan. Uh, Ahsoka. Um, I'm not sure. Is the is the Dooku that they're putting out right now? Is that a new figure or is that the same as the older figure? I think it's the same, from what I can tell. Is it? Okay, because it looks great. That Dooku figure looks really nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Kit Fisto's in like two or three of the waves, so people who are looking for him, because I know that he was kind of hard to find a little while back there. At yeah, least I he got was, mine. Yeah, they're uh, hard to find. There. Yeah. Well, at least they're hard because I try to find them in like perfect condition. And trying yeah. to find one that's not bent is sometimes a challenge, and that's why it's hard for me to 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 uh, collect these, is because I'm trying to keep them as mint as I can. And uh, man, you always find one. It's like, okay, there's there's Han. I need Han. You know, the legacy red card. But then he'll have a bent corner, and I'm kind of anal about that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, other than that, um, you know, there was there was a couple of things at the uh, concert too. I mean, they're selling uh, some T-shirts. 
and uh, none of the T-shirts, or a couple of the T-shirts I had never seen before, but, you know, who knows what's out there as far as T-shirts and licensing goes. I mean, mm-hmm. you put anything out now. But there were some, a couple of nice shirts, and I actually bought the Star Wars in Concert um, program, and it's a nice, it's pretty thick, about 20 pages, um, nice and laminate cover, and uh, it's got all the information about the concert and about the... Uh, um, some tidbits about the Star Wars um, saga. So it's a nice little souvenir that cost me thirty dollars, though. It's kind of crazy for a program. Mm. Or yeah, you know, I was like, wow. I asked him if it, you know, came with a Slurpee or something because that was kind of a lot of money. But that's all right. <laughs> you know, it's a one-time thing. You know, Star Wars. Yeah. I got to do it. Yeah. But that's a nice little piece. So if anybody's going to the concerts, check that out. But. Uh, that's about it as far as collecting, I think. Okay. Well, if that is it, then I guess we will get right into the meat of this uh, with our wow. recap of Children of the Force. Getting right into it. Yeah. All right. You want me to start? Sure, you can go ahead. All right, here we go. Children of the Force. The Separatist shuttle sets down within the Resolute's hangar bay, and Anakin, Ahsoka, and the clone survivors debark. As Denal walks away from the shuttle... Rex calls Anakin over, for he's made a peculiar discovery. Drops of alien blood on the floor of the shuttle deck floor. Ahsoka notices Denal is injured and checks on him. She realizes it's not Denal, and the trooper viciously knees Ahsoka in the midsection, knocking the wind out of her. Just then, Anakin surmises the truth. Bane killed Denal and took his place. This, I gotta, I just gotta comment here, because, yeah, like I said, like I said last week, um... Like, I mean, I called this, right? It was pretty it was pretty easy to figure out what had actually happened because I don't right. think that we were going to get rid of Bane so easily. But um, Dinal is a, is a character from a previous episode. So seeing him survive and everything, like having, having him survive that and be the only clone that survived that episode and then to have him recur as a character, I think he might have even been in another episode other than, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was Downfall of a Droid that he was in. Um, yeah. I think he might have even been in another one because his his helmet markings are really distinctive. Um, and uh, to have him come back again only to, to be killed is actually, I mean, and this is, I think, what they were going for by giving them names and, right. and making them unique and, and sort of upping the stakes with the clones. It was actually a little bit upsetting that Dinal died, like right. that, that he's dead and that that happened, you know, because there's no chance that he's going to, like, wake up unconscious somewhere or something because that ship exploded. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Like, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> so it, I, I think I think as much as, you know, it upset me, it, I think it was a really cool thing that they did, and I, I don't think that it was by accident. I, I think that if you talk to... To Dave Filoni, that was probably a decision that somebody made to bring back Denal and then to kill him like yeah, that, yeah, right? Um, in such a prominent way, right? Because uh, it 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 definitely it means something to those of us who are really into the show. I'm sure that other people just kind of watch it and didn't really think about it, didn't even notice, and they were just like, "Oh, yeah, killed another clone trooper." But for right. those of us who really do care. You know, those of us who have the Denal action figure and, and all we that. We did. That's what I was just going to say. Action figure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
it, it means something, you know? So I, what I want to do, I think I'm going to get a, a, a Denal. Actually, I'll wait for them to go on sale at Toys R Us, and I'll pick up Denal and Cad Bane, and then I'll pop the head off of the Denal, and I'll put Cad Bane's head <laughs> on it and put the helmet on it, and then give them a little bit of green blood on the arm, and I'll make my own little custom. There it is. You got a custom going. And Cad Bane is Denal. Nice. Cause that would be really cool. Custom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like the way you're thinking. Um Okay, here we go. Uh, the imposter trooper Cad Bane races to the row of parked V-19 torrent interceptors and quickly boards one. As he powers up the fighter, Anakin leaps onto the fuselage. Bane shakes Skywalker off his hull and passes through the magnetic shield, blasting towards space and freedom. Skywalker hurriedly calls Admiral Yularen to lock down the hyperspace transport rings, but it's too late. Bane has docked with one and powered it up, launching the fighter into the safety of hyperspace. It's blood, sir. It sure isn't for many of our men. Wait! You're injured! That might be serious. You're no clone! Ahsoka! Down the hyperspace rings. Hurry! What could possibly have happened since I last spoke with you? It's Bane! Lock those rings now! No! Lock them all down! Hurry! Deactivating hyperspace rings. So we get the uh, nice little scene there with uh, Anakin racing after Cad Bane and he gets away. And, yeah. and again, we get the, the comment. From uh, Yalarn, which is great, he says, uh, "What could have possibly have happened since the last time I talked to you?" I thought that was another great line, and showing these yeah. two are again, you know, I spent a lot of time together, and I think even uh, someone mentioned, I heard it somewhere else that Yalarn is actually in Star Wars. Yeah, he okay. is actually. I've talked about that on the show before. Okay, he's yeah. um, he's the kind of the Grand Admiral. That's present at the at the Death Star conference. He's at the table. conference table, right? Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's the one. He's the one wearing all white with white all hair white. and a mustache. Okay. Um, if you look, they actually look very similar. Okay. So that nice. that character, he was he was considered Grand Admiral Yularen. Uh, like that. That's his name. I think they did they did the the set of the of the six characters or whatever that were around the table okay. the set of action figures like a couple of years ago okay and uh, and his name was grand admiral yularen and then when it came time to do this the duke loneworth they made him one of the main characters so it is yeah like you see that they anakin and yularen have been working together for a really long time i really like the line when he says no lock them all down Cause yeah it's, uh, yeah because 3po says 3PO. In, in a new hope with the with the garbage mashers he says to three see uh, to r2d2 yeah he says uh no shut them all down and and he see delivers it exactly the it same it sounded the same yeah yeah and it was really cool what i really liked was uh, he, uh cad bane jumped into the the v19 and i was like Man, there is no way that a V19 has its own hyperdrive. Look at that thing. It's yeah. like it's 
it's totally a, a short range fighter. There's no way it's got its own hyperdrive. Why? What does he even think he's doing? And then Anakin's like, lock down the hyperspace, <laughs> turn, hyperspace rings. And I was yeah. like, oh, well, yes, they sense. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, so yeah, he popped into the into the ring. But I think that they kind of use those rings as a as a as a plot device. Plot device, yeah. But, that's alright. But that's okay. I thought I, it was really cool because you know what that means. That means that we're going to get like a titanium ship oh, yeah, of, yeah. of the V19 in the hyperspace the ring now. Oh, yeah. And I love hyperspace rings. I've got I've got like three or four uh, Jedi Starfighters in hyperspace rings nice. and I've got like the different versions of the Jedi Starfighter. I just think it's a really cool idea. Nice. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I just didn't like how, how Yularen like didn't listen to him. It's like Dude, yeah. Skywalker is your commanding officer. You need to listen. When he says stuff, you need to you need to <laughs> do what he do says. Do what he says, yeah, because that that, but, that amount of time was enough time to lock him down, but Yeah, yeah. He thought he was it was Anakin just another one of his goofy plans or whatever. So we had to had to question him there for a second. So Yeah. 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 Yolaren needs to stop doing that because he keeps almost dying <laughs> yeah yeah getting other people in crappy situations trouble. yeah but yeah so uh on coruscant anakin and ahsoka report to the jedi council that bane has been working with the separatists and that he has escaped the jedi masters are most concerned the holocron he stole contained a list of thousands of the most force sensitive children in the galaxy yoda hopes that through the force the jedi will be able to anticipate bane's next move at his hidden base of operations inside Black Stall Station, Bane contacts Darth Sidious with word of his success. The Dark Lord has a new assignment. He needs Force-sensitive children as test subjects brought to Mustafar. He tasks Bane to choose four of the children from the list. I have delivered what you wanted. The Jedi wear no problem. Anything else I can help you with? I need test subjects. Choose four children and bring them to Mustafa. I will take care of them. Kidnapping innocent children. Seems like a small-time crime for the likes of you. Among the children of the Jedi, there are no innocents. Sure, sure. As long as I get paid, it makes no difference to me. So here we have another scene with Cabane and... This is one of my favorite scenes, and there's no action in it, nothing, yeah. but yeah. holy holy crap. This scene is one of the reasons I love this character. I mean, here we get the cinematic shot of Bane in his, in his apartment or his lair, if you want to call it. And he has these moves where he's talking to Sidious. He thinks his mission is over. Sidious says, no, I want you to, you know, you gave me the holocron. Now I want you to go get some children. And he, yeah. ha- he does this move where he takes his hat, he picks something off the hat, and he kind of puts it on his head like an old cowboy would, you know, and kind of puts yeah. it on there and, and keeps on talking. It's like, oh, man, this is so cool. And we find out that um, uh, uh, Sidious wants these children and uh, four sensitive children as test subjects. And we'll learn about that um, in a little bit. But what do you think of that? that scene there yeah i i think we we both really like that scene but for different reasons and there's the two characters in it you really like cad bane and I mean, don't get me wrong i like cad bane a lot but man i really love what they're doing with Sidious. Sidious yeah i was gonna say that. this season 
Um, the only thing is that is that it seems like Dooku and Grievous are like suspiciously absent. Yes, but but having Sidious in there, uh, you get you get to see just how much he hates the Jedi because he snaps back at Bane. There are no innocents among the Jedi, and and it just goes to show. It really builds on on Sidious's attitude and Darth Maul's attitude from episode one uh, with this vengeance thing. Like he is so intent on it. Like it's he and it doesn't matter who like these children, they're force sensitive children and he's already condemning them, even though they're not they're not even Jedi yet. They're not even tapped to be Jedi. These are just force sensitive sensitive children that could be Jedi. And, and so it's, it, it just, it bugs them so much to the point that the possibility that these kids could be Jedi is disgusting to them. It's, it's disdainful. So I, I think that they're just doing so much for that character, which was so undervalued in, in the prequels. And, and it, it really informs uh, his attitude in in episode two and three, and even even Return of the Jedi. I mean, the the Emperor in in Return of the Jedi is is evil, like he's evil through and through, and you can tell. And I don't think that we necessarily got that from episode one and two. Maybe a little bit more in episode three once he starts to take over. But yeah. but you get all the political side of it with his his bid to take over the Republic. But you don't really get the opportunity to see just why he's doing it. And there is a reason why. Yeah. It's not just power and to rule over the Republic and, and the galaxy. It's specifically to kill the Jedi, to wipe them yes. out. Which all of them. Yeah, he, I mean, he almost does it. You know? right. like He almost pulls it off. So you can see just in, an, in, an, in a scene like this, just how deep that runs, that... Something so simple as as Bane just saying, "Oh, you want me to kidnap innocent children?" and he's like, "No, I don't want you to kidnap innocent children. I want you to kidnap these disgusting little creatures <laughs> that could be Jedi right. so that I can twist them to my own means and make them Sith warriors, right. you know." So, I I thought that was a really really cool. It's one line and and that's all it takes to make it Star Wars, you know. If it were any other show, it wouldn't have that depth to it, but because it's Star Wars, that one little line means so much in the greatest scheme of things, and I love it when they do that. No, that was a that was a nice scene with uh, Sidious too, and I didn't even realize until a couple of days ago that the the voice actor is a Mr. Pitt from Seinfeld. I don't know if younger viewers yeah, might just, not know this, but Seinfeld's big. They just, yeah, they they just did a thing on Star Wars. Yeah, so that was about, kind of about him. Yeah, was, was, I I didn't know that either. That's pretty. Yeah, cool. I didn't ever put two and two together. But no, a great scene by by the two uh, bad guys, if you want to call it. And Bane thinks yeah. he's he's done. Like I said, he he's got his he's got the holocron, and and then he finds out that Sidious is he wants the children. He says, "Hey, it doesn't make no difference to me as long as I'm getting paid." Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, with nice scene though. Um, so with that, we'll go into the next here in the inner quarters of the. Jedi uh, Temple, Mace Windu, Yoda, Obi-Wan, and Anakin enter a meditative trances. They seek out visions in the force of children imperiled. Yoda and Obi-Wan see the jungle world of Rhodia and a house in K-Tap. 
square. Macy's Gli Anselm, home of the Natolans, but Yoda cannot corroborate that vision. Anakin sees a Gungan child screaming in the southern village of Jangwa on Naboo. From these visions, the Jedi realize their next destinations. Uh, this was a really cool yeah, scene because we had to see them sort of do a little bit of a force detective work sort of thing. And I think, I think one of the reasons why we don't see this normally is because it's not usually so important that they that they get their information this way. Right. So it, I think it takes all of them at once to uh, to pull something like this off. I think that all of them being together and and using the force in in harmony, which we see again later in the episode, right, right. allows them to see these visions. And and we get that great moment of Anakin <laughs> yeah. hearing the child screaming. Right. And and Yoda says to him a vision of the future you see and it's it's exactly what he says to Luke later on in Empire, Empire Strikes and I Back, thought yeah. that, I thought that was really cool yeah. to see like this I think like if if you ask me that's a that's sort of a heritage that Anakin has passed on to Luke right. that that when Anakin looks into the future and when he uses the force to to see things like that to have visions they're they're almost always these terrible visions of of pain and and anguish and terror and and fear and all that sort of stuff and uh, and and I it it's almost like he passes that on to Luke because all Luke ever really sees is bad things like like he he sees the visions of of Han and Leia in Cloud City, and he sees them in, in pain. pain. Right? I mean, that's that's partially because Vader makes him see it by torturing Torture. Han Solo for no good reason. Right. Other than that, you know. But uh, but I just think that's a really cool. It's really cool to see that in both characters, and it's a really cool throwback to to Empire. Empire yeah. Again, again, in just a couple of lines, like it's so simple that they. That they just tie these things together. Yeah, it's. Do you think it's uh, when they bind together like that? I'm assuming that they can see more than if one of them were just Yoda just to do it by himself. That's what I'm kind of yeah. getting. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's how I feel too. Yeah, because I mean we get that moment in um, in uh, episode three where Anakin goes and meets with Yoda to tell him about his vision. Uh, and he, he's very vague about it so that Yoda doesn't know that he's talking about Padme and that he's talking about their baby and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, but I thought it's, it's, it's very similar to that where, where they sit down and, and when they work together on something, their, their powers are multiplied Multiplied, almost. Heightened. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. So in uh, K-Tap, a Rodian toddler named Wee Dun levitates a ball with his mind. He is strong with the Force. His mother, Ma Ti Dun, has already been in contact with Master Bola Rapal about Wee's eventual entrance into the Jedi Order. Cad Bane, wearing a Jedi robe, shines a hypnogazer in Ma- into Ma Ti's eyes, making her comply with his demands. Your son is strong with the Force. He will make a fine Jedi. Master Ropal said the day would come for him to go to the temple, but not for some time. 
Master Ropal was unaware of the danger your son is in. Jedi imposters have been roaming the galaxy, stealing the future younglings. For your son's protection, I'm going to have to take him now. He is my only child. Look into this. It will relax you. Another reason, um, there's another great scene actually, and I, I wanted to bring this scene up was because we've never actually seen um, a scene where the Jedi children are taken away except for Anakin in episode one, mm-hmm. and, but this yeah. child was taken, you know, or is going to be taken, according to the mother, real early, and shows kind of like that, okay, there is a little bit of uh, a reluctance to let a, a child go. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of nice to see that. It's like, well, I really don't. He's he's kind of young, you know. He's look how young he is. You want to take him now? And he's like, yeah, we got to take him now. So, in the Jedi Order, when they take these kids, so you know, you can kind of see what's going on with the parents there of not yeah. wanting to let him go. And then we have Cad Bane. Now, do you think he got that robe from Ord Innocence, or did he get it from um, Bolo Rapal? Because he has a Jedi robe. I'm thinking Bolo okay, Rapal. Okay, so so. Here's here's the thing with with a Jedi robe. Um, the Jedi wear them specifically to to blend in. Uh, you can't tell a Jedi is a Jedi until you really see them do something Jedi like. Uh, one like because if you if you're reading the role playing books, it tells you that that the cloaks are very common, which is why Obi Wan doesn't get rid of his outfit when he goes to Tatooine. Right, right? he still dresses the same way. Uh-huh. Um, because like, it's a very common form of dress to wear, to wear the robes like they do. And then to wear the, the hooded cloak. Um, I mean, if you even go and you look at star Wars, tons of people are wearing hooded cloaks. So I think, I don't think that that's something that's necessarily difficult to get your hands on, but I mean, obviously Cad Bane has had access to several Jedi's cloaks recently, um, as he's killed, you know, a couple. Yeah. So, um, and who says he didn't kill another one just to take his cloak in order to do this? So, so yeah, I mean, I, either way, it's, I, I think how he got it isn't, isn't really as relevant as what he uses it for. And he uses it to go there. And instead of just kidnapping the kid, like a bad guy, like a, like, you know, your run of the mill crook, yeah, just... he does something truly evil and he uses the truth in order to try and get away with this. And if, if it weren't for Obi-Wan showing up in a second, he would have gotten away with it just oh, fine. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right? And 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 people would have been none the wiser until... You know, and Master Ropal is the one who... who knows about this kid. Right. So nobody would have known if if they hadn't sort of caught wind of this and done their their vision thing to, to see which children are being taken. Right. I don't think that they would have known. So it was. I thought it was really cool. It was very. It was a very uh, evil thing for him to do to show that that although this guy is just a mercenary, he's not like your average sort of bounty hunter that's just in it for the money. He is willing to do anything. Like he is truly evil, right. and just happens to like money as well. Yeah. So he's kind of like the opposite of Han Solo, who Han Solo was a mercenary. But he's not evil, right? He'll do a lot of things for money, but he draws, he draws a line. A line. Yeah, so. definitely. But like, but Cad Bane he has no line. Like yeah, he, 
yeah, they, like there's nothing that he won't do to to save his own butt or make money, yeah. you know. So I thought that was really cool, and then and then he uses his little device, and that was really cool. And then the other thing about this scene was was the the child himself, the 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 little Rodian. Uh, baby Rodian yeah. is like levitating a <laughs> yeah. ball for fun, for fun and. Yeah. That's a powerful kid, because Anakin wasn't doing that sort of no. stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, like de- definitely, uh, certain Jedi have have affinities for certain Force skills, and uh, and this kid obviously has an, a, a special talent for for manipulating things through the Force, through levitation, that sort of thing. So, yeah. I thought that was really cool to see just how powerful this kid is at such a yeah i never even thought that, about that but you're right yeah that it can already do stuff he's already like floating that. balls yeah no well i guess uh the mother was in contact with with uh master ropal about eventually taking the kid so cad bane comes posing as a jedi saying hey jedi are stealing him it's time to take him now um yeah so like you said he's just he's evil right there so uh yeah that's it's a very that's a very sith trick yeah to use yeah to use the truth and bend it to your will like that because it's the same thing that dooku does to to obi-wan in episode two when they're in in the when he's captured and he's like floating there and and dooku comes in and says oh you know i i wish qui-gon were here he'd be so much help and and then he tells him there's a sith lord that has that is essentially ruling the Senate. That's that's controlling the Senate, the Senate. and Obi Wan doesn't want to believe him because it's just so ridiculous to him. And that's why Dooku says it because Dooku knows it doesn't make a difference. I'll t- I'll tell you the truth because you're not going to believe it anyways because you're so arrogant and you're so you, like <laughs> the Jedi are so full of themselves. Yeah. This is his perspective, right, not right. mine. But like the, the Jedi are so full of themselves that. That there's no way that he'll believe that there could possibly be a Sith Lord in control of the Senate, you know. So it's it's the same sort of thing that Cad Bane does, and I thought that was a really cool. It, there's a, these are a lot of things that people are making conscious decisions to to do something different, to do something a little bit deeper, because Cad Bane could easily have just be busting into places and stealing kids, and that's all they could have right. done. Right, but instead they have this great scene where he's being really devious, devious yeah. and really deceitful. Right. Um. Continue here. Obi Wan's Jedi starfighter arrives on Rodia, and the Jedi visits D- the Duns the Dun House. Mati coldly greets him at Blaster Point. Kenobi questions her, learning that Cad Bane posed as a Jedi and has stolen the child. Running outside, he sees Bane making his escape with a wailing Rodian infant. Bane uses his rocket boots to blast to his waiting starfighter, the Xanadu Blood. Kenobi is too late as Bane's ship disappears into the sky. So I thought we were going to get into a almost an episode two Django Obi-Wan fight on the platform. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get that too? Yeah, it was it was really close. Yeah, and, I thought, but... and I mean, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan's like right there with the guy, you know, like Bane takes off on his jet boots or whatever. Right. Which I don't know. I don't know why the Jedi don't just get some jet <laughs> boots with them. Yeah. Rocket packs or something, you know? 
uh, the, the Obi-Wan figure comes with a rocket pack. Why isn't he always wearing right. it? Um, cause, but he comes out and he whips out that his uh, his sort of zip, zip line, line yeah. thing. Yeah. And and uh, and sort of almost flies into the air after him, and uh, and and then climbs up the wall and and just like Bane gets away, and I think Bane only gets away because Obi Wan wasn't willing to to put the child in any danger because right. he kind of he has a moment and then he he hesitates and he just sort of stops and then kind of lets him go. Yeah, and lets like, him I'll go, and I think yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's that's Obi Wan for you. Yeah. Right? That's that's the patience right there. That Obi Wan's like, no, you know, this isn't my moment. So I'll I'll wait for right. it. Um, Anakin and Ahsoka arrive at Feed Royal Palace and are met by Captain Typho. The targeted Gungan family has been notified, and a Gungan officer, Captain Lunker, is heading up security in Jangwa City. Ahsoka is eager to settle her score with Cad Bane. She leaves with Lunker while Anakin confers. So, General Skywalker, they told us you were coming. Has the Gungan family been notified? Yes. Captain Lunker here is in charge of the operation. He will take you to Jengwa City. Let me take the lead, Master. I've got a score to settle. All right. Go with the Gungan. I'll be there shortly. The reason I thought this was kind of interesting was... Um, the way Ahsoka comes out and says, I have a score to settle. Now, we know from Jedi that yeah, you're not supposed yeah. to be... The Jedi and the Force is for knowledge and defense, never for attack. And here she is coming to Anakin saying, hey, we got a score to settle. And Anakin's like, all right, I, I, I can go with you on this. You know? And I thought that's kind of... I, I, you know what? I, I think that's, that's where Anakin falls short. Right. And, I, and I think we see... like That's what Anakin would want to do. And Obi-Wan... Like if if it were Anakin and Obi Wan, Obi Wan would say, "Yeah, he'd no, say, hold no. on, there, bust." Yeah, like we'll do it as right. a team, and uh, and and Anakin, but Anakin's a little bit like, "Yeah, you take point because you've got stake in this," and he almost he, you can you can almost tell that he's kind of using that, you know, like he he does use that with Ahsoka right. often, where he sort of lets her drive and determination kind of power through right. stuff. Um, because that's how he does things is he uses, he uses that passion that he's not supposed to have. Right. right? And I think that's one of the things that makes him a little bit more powerful of a Jedi because you see, you definitely see in, in later stuff, I'm talking like new Jedi order type stuff where the, the Jedi don't have so many, they don't have so many rules, uh, that sort of stop them from doing certain things. I mean, they have relationships, they, get married, they have children, all that sort of stuff, which is something that the old Republic Jedi don't do. Um, and, uh, and, and I think it makes them a little bit, I mean, if you, if you, if you buy into some of the stuff that comes out of new Jedi order, it makes them a little bit more powerful and a little bit more right. balanced. So I see where like, it's, it's a very fine line where, where you use your, your, your passion to, to sort of fuel you, but you can't let it overtake, overtake yeah. you. And I mean, I, I personally think that this just kind of lends itself to my theory that Ahsoka will turn eventually. Right. Right. And, and that by the end of the hundred episodes, it's going to come to, 
something like that, you know, and that's why he's going to be so. Yeah, this sort of this could be just some uh, some shades of of what's going to happen later on down the season. Um, So and you can kind of see that she is Anakin's um, Padawan and uh, some of him is rubbing off on her. His his kind of attitude where sometimes it gets the better of him of getting not necessarily revenge. But, you know, like she says, hey, we got a score to settle. You know, we got some payback here. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice little scene there. Um, that evening, the Xanadu blood sets down by the waterfall flanked uh, by the waterfall flanked bubble city of Jangwa. Infiltrating a home, Cad Bane sees a Gungan mother tending to a cradle. When the mother leaves, Bane goes to raid the crib, but finds the blanket covering a Tuka doll instead. It was a Ahsoka springs from behind Bane, catching him at lightsaber point. Bane quickly ensnares her weapon with a lanyard concealed in his gauntlet. Disarmed, Ahsoka tumbles across the floor, avoiding Bane's blaster fire. He rockets away on his hover boots as Ahsoka retrieves her weapon. Before Bane... Before Bane can get much lift, Anakin grabs him in midair, dragging him to the ground. The two tumble into the Jangwa City Plaza, where Ahsoka awaits the fallen Bane with her weapon ignited. After Ahsoka secures Bane and binders, Anakin marches him away. The Gungan toddler, Ruru Page, is safe. Um, another uh, good scene here, a little action scene with Ahsoka, Cad Bane, and Anakin. Um, uh, we see uh, Bane enter the city. We get to see, uh, I guess this is Naboo, but it's above water. So they're going above water now with Naboo. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the in the episode commentary, I, I mean, this is this is the we start aboard the Resolute, and then we go to the we go to the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, and then uh, let's see. Then we go to the space oh, station, right? And then, and then we go to Rodia, Rodia. and now we're on Naboo. Uh, Naboo. That's five locations already, like five different planets, essentially, like different settings, right? And we still have a couple left. We still got a couple more to go, <laughs> and yeah. We're, and we're only like halfway through the episode. It's unbelievable. So, uh, uh, Dave Filoni was saying in the commentary that that they kind of already put a lot on the on the team so they weren't quite ready to tackle an underwater gungan city yet so they made it kind of half above water and half underwater right so that they could so they didn't have to deal with that because they would have had to do anakin and ahsoka going into the water underwater and then they would have had to like done dubane underwater and figure all this out like that would have been a lot yeah yeah that would have been a lot to figure out. so <laughs> Um, so I understand, like for this story, it, it suits it a little bit better that it's above water. But, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's a, this is another great scene where we see see the Jedi pull a little bit of bait and switch. Right. Yeah, they kind of get there first and yeah, set up their so, little trap. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to it's nice to see them win because they haven't really won a lot no, since no. since Bane entered. Yeah. Like he always seems to get the upper hand, and in this instance, I. Uh, Anakin and Ahsoka managed to pull this off. So. And he almost gets away. Yeah, yeah. Almost. I mean, he gets, uh, he disarms Ahsoka, um, and he's, he's, he's using those boots again. 
<laughs> yeah. And he almost gets away until yeah, he gets boots, grabbed by Anakin. Uh, yeah. They gotta, they gotta <laughs> do something about those boots of his. I mean, yeah. take them away. Yeah. You know, next time you capture him, take his boots away. <laughs> Definitely. Um, as Bane sits in a starkly lit interrogation room aboard the Resolute, Obi Wan, Kenobi, and Mace Windu loom over him, demanding to know where the two missing children are. Bane refuses uh, to, to divulge their location or who his employer is. The Jedi have poured over the Xanadu blood, but the ship's navigational records have been wiped clean. With Anakin's help, Mace and Obi-Wan intend to bind together in the Force to compel Bane to speak. The Jedi use their Force ability to probe Bane's mind. They demand that he take them to the stolen holocron. Bane desperately tries to resist. He is ordinarily immune to Jedi mind tricks, but the concentrated focus of three Jedi is too much for him to handle. He finally breaks, agreeing to escort the Jedi to his hiding place. You will take us to the Holocron. Jedi mind tricks don't work on me. You will take take us us to the the Holocron. Forget it! You You will will take take us us to the the Holocron. I... I won't. And you will take us now. I. I will take you. No. Get out of my head. Perhaps we should try again. I. I've had enough of that. I'll take you to the holocron. You'll get your children back. So, that's another one, another one of my favorite scenes here. We get to see the Jedi's equivalent yeah. of interrogation here. And well, this, this, this scene right here corroborates what I said last week right. with Cato Parasiti just telling them what they want to know. Exactly, yeah. Right. Because like, I, I would think she's been through that. Like, that's why. Yeah, She's been be, through be. a Jedi interrogation before, and she doesn't want to do it again. Because even Bane, who is this totally B.A. guy who could take anything, right? Like, you, you envision this guy as just... You could rip his fingernails off if Duro do have fingernails, you know? <laughs> like, you could do whatever you wanted to him, right. and he wouldn't break. But he does here because having the Jedi go into your mind like that is such an an uncomfortable feeling that, that he's just like, whatever, I'll just tell you what you want to know. And, and I mean, you know, he he might be up to something he might not. Uh, There's a really great moment after this where, where they, uh, they're going to the shuttle and, and Anakin's like, you can't you can't just go with him it's 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 got to be a trap right and and mace just goes i know, I know. yeah it's all right. yeah. we know and <laughs> and it yeah. was it was so samuel l jackson of him yeah like, yeah. like whoever's doing the voice double like the whoever plays mace did such a good job he hit it perfectly i mean i'm gonna say he did it better than Samuel L. Jackson yeah. ever did Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu. Yeah. And it w- it was so perfect that he was just like, we know. Yeah. And it's one of those things like, you know, the Jedi often know when it's a trap. And it's 
it's obvious a lot of the time that that these things are going to be traps. But yeah, though just the way that he delivered it was like, yeah, we're well aware and we're prepared for it. Don't <laughs> we worry. can handle it's it. Like, yeah. like, come on, I'm Mace Windu and this is Obi Wan Kenobi. We got to cover. Yeah. Like, like this guy can't do anything to us. You know, yeah. Those, I thought those were really, really good moments. Yeah. Well, we know that the force and breeding people's minds, you know, sometimes it doesn't work on people. Yeah. So, um, with them combining together, you can see Bane kind of like, he starts to, to resist it. But in the end it's like, no, this is just too much. And who knows what's going on with this? It, it looks kind of like it's quite painful. Um, yeah. So he finally gives up and says, Hey, <laughs> I've had enough. Okay. I'll go ahead. And yeah. Take I, I, I think that it's specifically because he is trying to resist it that it's so uncomfortable. Maybe it's, yeah, makes it worse. Like, yeah, because yeah, when you see a weak-willed or weak-minded person be Jedi mind trick, they just kind of go along. They with just it. yeah, it's like whatever. I don't even know. Yeah. But but I mean, he can he can feel them in there, and and definitely the way that they were doing it, there was three of them at once, and they were being forceful. Forceful, yeah. Like they were. They were fighting against his will, and and that's got to be uncomfortable because he can hear them inside his head, changing his thoughts. Like I can't imagine how that would feel. Yeah, it, it has to be terrible. Right. Um. Good scene there, though. I like I like yeah. that little Jedi interrogation. It's always good. Yeah. Um. Mace, Obi Wan, and Anakin march Bane to the T six shuttle. Mace receives word that Chancellor Palpatine wants an update into the investigation. Kenobi dismisses it. This is an internal Jedi affair and none of the Chancellor's concern. Skywalker, a friend of Palpatine's, insists that they keep the Chancellor informed. Anakin has effectively volunteered, so Mace and Obi-Wan continue to the shuttle, sending Anakin to Coruscant. Bane provides the coordinates to a destination deep in the outer rim, and the shuttle disappears into hyperspace. At the Chancellor's office on Coruscant, Anakin is greeted warmly by Palpatine, though the Chancellor dismisses Ahsoka. Palpatine seems impressed that a rogue operative could be so effective against the Jedi. Anakin suggests that someone more powerful must be behind Bane. Palpatine advises patience. Now, you had just mentioned uh, the scene with uh, Obi-Wan and Mace. Um, Just before that, um, Obi-Wan kind of dismisses Anakin's... um, concerned about telling the chancellor and you can yeah. you can see that uh, that obi-wan doesn't really have much care for for palpatine he kind of smiles and shakes his head like hey it's none of his concern you know this is this is our matter yeah. and uh, anakin's like well you know he's 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 my friend and this is you know i like to keep him involved so i thought that was kind of a good scene of showing um how how obi-wan feels and then we get to the point where um Anakin gets to chance the Palpatine's office. He says, Ahsoka, why don't you wait outside? And a nice little scene there showing them look out um, of the course on Skyline like they did in episode, I guess, two and three. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we can kind of see that their relationship has been obviously ongoing. And yeah. Palpatine has a kind of a close eye on, on Anakin and trying to keep him in the loop of what he's doing, too. So nice little scene yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good moment between the two characters, and it's definitely good to see to see how he reacts to Ahsoka because yeah. we haven't really seen that yet. Right? Like, how does she fit into this? And obviously, he wants Anakin alone because Anakin 
is his possession, essentially. I mean, I think that's the way that Palpatine looks at it, is that Anakin belongs to him. Right. Because, for whatever reason, and I mean, it, in my opinion, that's because either he or Darth Plagueis uh, created Anakin by manipulating midichlorians, right? right? That's sort of what we learn in Episode 3, and it's never outright said. No, no. But I think that's what it's supposed to imply, is that either Sidious or Plagueis manipulated the Force to create Anakin. Anakin. So so that gives Sidious this, this uh, very possessive feeling over Anakin. And so when he wants to talk to Anakin alone, he, he sort of, you know, just says, you can wait out here. Mm-hmm. Like... He gives that attitude that that I feel like he he would give to any Jedi were he able to. But if he did that to Yoda or Mace Windu or, you know, any of the higher up Jedi, they they'd figure it out. Yeah. They'd start to go, why so do you not like us? Yeah. yeah, like that doesn't make any sense. But with Ahsoka, he's kind of like you're just a little youngling Padawan. Like you stay out here. <laughs> yeah. This is big people talk. Yeah. It's big boy time. Yeah. 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 Which I thought was really, I thought that was really interesting to see because it's something that I hadn't really thought about, but that kind of needed to be addressed. Yeah. Uh, Sometime later on the fiery, fiery world of Mustafar within a darkened nursery, we done the Rodian cries hovering over his tiny form is a sinister hologram of Darth Sidious and nanny droid R zero Z six, seven tends to this child as well as the Natolan baby. Zin Toa. Sidious's plot involves subjecting the children to surgical slave conditioning, turning them into an army of forced talented spies in his service, trained in the dark side to peer into every corner of the galaxy from afar. So we get to see what Sidious's plan is finally with these children, yeah. these forced, ta- uh, forced talented children, that he's going to use them as basically slaves to help him peer into the into the future, I guess, or just to see what's going on with the Jedi Order. How did you? How did you? Well, this I think I think that this is sort of alluding to um, to to his hands, the Emperor's hands. hands okay, which uh, Mara Jade was one of the Emperor's hands, um, because later on, like in in the expanded universe, we find out that the Emperor has been training Force talented individuals to use their abilities so that they can be spies for them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I mean, this is exactly what it is, an army of forced talented spies. Um, so I, I sort of think that this is the beginning of him doing that, of creating his emperor's hands. Okay. Um, one really cool thing that I just noticed as we're, as we're sort of reading this out, uh, the nanny droids designation is R O Z seven, six, seven. Yeah. Uh, that's that's rosy, if you if you look at it a certain way. Okay. Uh, I don't know about the sixty-seven and what that means, but rosy was the 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 robot nanny from oh. the Jetsons. Oh, okay, which, yeah. Which I I would bet if you took a look that it came out in nineteen sixty-seven or something like that. Probably, like yeah. R O Z sixty-seven. So <laughs> nice little tidbit little there. Bit. Yeah, there's a little bit of a, of a catch that I just had there. Nice. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Bane's coordinates caused the shuttle to emerge in the asteroid-strewn rogue Antar system. 
site of his deep space outpost, Blackstall Station. Neither Jedi sense the presence of the children. Bane tells them the children are safe and concentrates instead on the holocron. Inside the gloomy control room, the holocron gleams like a beacon. The Jedi take the lead, and Mace steps into the room, triggering an intruder alert system. Klaxons wail, and hidden laser cannons emerge from the walls and ceilings. In addition to blaster bolts, more continuous streams or stream lasers fire, keeping the Jedi occupied as they deflect the energy torrent with their lightsabers. Taking advantage of the distraction, Cad Bane disappears through a concealed hatch. Bane makes his way to an escape pod and rockets away from the black star. Where are you keeping the children? The children are safe. But first, there is your precious holocron. Let me get it for you. No more of your tricks. Blast! You certainly stepped in it this time. Now what do we do? So here we get to see again Cad Bane um, is a little smarter than the average guy, and he's he's kind of planned things out um, well in advance. So he he's kind of got his little outs, if you will, if certain things were to happen. And uh, he's able to make his escape. And then we get to see Obi-Wan, and he's going to be kind of like the, it sounds like the comic relief a little bit here. He has that good line to Mace where he says, you certainly stepped in at this time. Um, But uh, I thought that was kind of good too. Um, But here we go. Cad Bane makes his uh, escape, and uh, he's going to fight another day. But uh, we'll see how that turns out. How do you feel about this scene here? Uh, I thought it was really cool. I liked the um, the the continuous laser beams, right. like the they, they were sort of like a focused beam, and the way that they used their lightsabers to kind of redirect them and destroy the the other beam emitters and stuff. And I thought it was pretty cool. I, and I liked how, although like, and that was like a death trap. That was a ridiculous oh, yeah. death trap. Yeah. Um, just full of lasers. Like anybody else would just be dead. But for these guys, it's like it's it's a minor inconvenience, and it just allows Bane that split second to get, get away. through the door yeah. and and away. That's all I need. But but really, like you don't get the sense from either Mace Windu or Obi Wan that that this really is any like sort of challenge for them whatsoever. Right. Like uh, not until. Not until the door starts to close, and then they're like, "Well, I guess we better get out of here." And so they take off, and then there's that really cool moment where Mace Windu drops, he slides underneath it or rolls or something like that, and then his lightsaber is still on the other end, <laughs> yeah. so he just sticks his hand through and pulls it through. Just, With it the just force. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a throwback to Indiana Indiana Jones, Jones. Yeah, the whip. And, yeah. The the first season was kind of its own thing, but this second season they're they're going to great lengths to 
I mean, this is almost like fan service where they're oh, just yeah. kind of doing things just for us. Just, just to see if so we pick it out, while, yeah. Yeah, just so that while we're watching the show, we're like, ah, that's just like Indiana Jones, or that's just like in episode two or three or yeah. five or six, you know? Like, they, they're throwing these things in here a lot, like very often. They, with those the last two episodes last week and then with this, this one, yeah. episode. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. We're talking like five or six Already. references each episode it's it's pretty uh it's it's pretty intense i'm gonna say it's intense it's dense, uh, yes. faster yeah, more there's intense. A lot of stuff in there <laughs> yeah okay uh in the hangar of the resolute anakin and ahsoka continue examining the captured xanadu blood ahsoka is curious by the amount of volcanic ash the fighter has accrued in his travels r2d2 discovers that while bane wiped the nava computer clean of records he did not purge the fighter's fuel computer Anakin correlates the list of planets they know that Bane has visited with the distances and fuel consumption involved. Anakin then begins triangulating other worlds upon Bane's travels. It's an old Jedi trick used to crack down on smugglers. I just have to say uh, one little thing about this. Yeah. That, that appears to be the, uh, the Xanadu blood there. It appears to be that starfighter that, that he wanted. You know that he was that he did the that he stole the holocron for. Like oh, that okay, was, I got gotcha. you. Right, like if if you sort of think about it, we never saw this fighter before, and then it's a it's actually a um, one of Grievous's guards. Like it's a... one of the Magna Guard starfighters. Okay, yeah, it looks. Um, yeah, it's just been repainted and it's been you know all. Pimped right. out, I guess you could say. Uh, so that's what he said. He said that he wanted a starfighter with the works. Right. So obviously they're going to take one of the starfighters they have and just give it all that extra stuff. So he went to all that work, stole the holocron and all that stuff. I mean, now he, he lost got it. paid for it, but he lost the starfighter already, yeah. which I just think is so funny. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyways, uh, the fuel computer calculations pull up Glee Anselm, Anselm Rodia, Nabu, and Mustafar. The obscure volcanic mining planet stands out. It was far off Bane's path of travel and not a known location of any Force-sensitive children. Anakin, Ahsoka, and R2 decide to investigate aboard the Twilight. I like how they make it sound like R2 had something. He had something to do with it. He had some say in (laughs) it. At Black Stall Station, Obi-Wan eludes the deadly lasers long enough to snatch the holocron. He and Mace scramble from the station as it suddenly detonates. The Jedi flee the exploding outpost aboard their shuttle. The twilight lands on the fiery world of Mustafar. Within Sidious' secret facility, R0Z67 reports on the unexpected arrival. The holographic Sidious orders the children evacuated to his secondary facility and to have this outpost destroyed by shutting off the gravity supports and letting it sink into the lava. Anakin, Ahsoka, and R2 explore the empty outpost, sensing the pervasive presence of the dark side. They hear the wails of baby Weedon and chase the sounds to the spooky nursery. They find only empty bassinets but quickly spot the nanny droids trying to make their escape. Hampered by having to be careful of the younglings, the Jedi try to stop the scurrying droids as the entire installation shakes apart. Ahsoka, though, is able to secure Zen while Anakin safely rescues Weedon from the station debris from the station debris that plummets into the lava flow. The Jedi rush back to the twilight as the entire installation is consumed by molten rock. 
Back on Coruscant, Anakin and Ahsoka report back to the Jedi Temple. The Mustafar base was destroyed, taking with it any clue as to who is behind the plot. What matters most is that the children are safe and the holocron was recovered, with no record of the kyber crystal list being duplicated. Still, Yoda frets about the future of the Jedi. The base was completely destroyed, Master, and so was any clue who's behind this. Hmm, most unfortunate bitches. We still have Bane. Uh, he got away again? The important thing is that the children are safe and we've recovered the holocron. The list is intact, and there is no evidence it was copied. Still, the future of all Jedi, uncertain is. Move forward cautiously. We must. You know, it looks like this is sort of the end cap um, of this storyline. I thought it was going to go on a little longer, Mm -hmm. but... What Yoda says at the end there, you know, is it truly done? I don't know. I mean, the holocron wasn't copied or the kyber crystal wasn't copied, it, it, according to them. They have the children that they know, that of, they know yeah. of. It looks like they have all the children, but Yoda still frets about the future. So whether it's fully tied up, I don't know. I, I thought it was going to go on a little longer, but uh, it ended up okay. There's no, yeah, th- there's, no, there's no record of it being duplicated. That doesn't mean that Cad Bane didn't read the entire list or most of the right. list and and that he doesn't know where there are more children. And it also doesn't mean that this was the only place where these children were. Um, right. You never know. You never know. Like, it could come back later. I'd really like it to come back later. Uh, I was really hoping that they didn't, that they wouldn't pull it off, that that these children would would be taken because we've got, I mean, I guess they're a little bit young. We wouldn't see them back in the show or anything, but we could see them in, in uh, the live action series, you know, like if, if they had gotten away with these children, there could have been a Nautilin and Rodian dark Jedi uh, pair that showed up as, as like dark Jedi spies um, in the live action series. And then only people who watch both shows would have, would have noticed You know, uh, so I think that would have been really cool. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, overall, this is definitely the best episode so far. Of the yeah, season. definitely my favorite um, so far. But we're only three into it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of early, but to call, still, to call best episode of the season. Really but it solid. Was really, really. And you mentioned yeah, earlier that they they went to what seven different locations. I mean, it definitely had that that prequel yeah. feel to it as far as. Um, Pacing and yeah, I mean, it was just yeah. bam, 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 yeah. you know. I guess that's obviously something very challenging for the team to do, but it was great. And then, uh, like you said, with Cad Bane, he had already captured two of the kids before he got captured. So, you know, yeah. like you said, he, he might have read more than just four on the list, and, you know, this might come back later on. We see him get away, and we don't know actually what happens after that. He escapes in his pod, and then the children are rescued. And it kind of tidies up, but we'll see what happens, though. But, but definitely, yeah. uh, my favorite so far the season. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good episode. Cool. Well, uh, let's uh, let's jump into the mailbag, right. and uh, we've got a piece of mail from Patrick, and he uh, he actually this was posted on the website, uh, posted as a comment on uh, on the latest episode, and he says. 
Uh, I've only listened to the first hour and a half, but so far it's a great episode. The episode recap is a lot more interesting now that you sprinkle in your opinions as you go. The recaps are useful since I forget what happens in the show, but in season one I found myself fast-forwarding to your opinion part. My enjoyment of the podcast is also further enhanced by the addition of Matt. It's nice to hear a second opinion, (laughs) and it gives you two a chance to bounce ideas off each other. One negative remark about the episode is that I could only hear Matt in my left earbud while Michael was in the other. I don't know if this was a technical glitch, but I don't but I don't know how many times my earbud would fall out and I missed a few words. Oh well, minor complaint. That's from Patrick. Uh yeah. Sorry, I was lazy there last we go. week and normally the way that it re- the way that we record is uh, is through a program through Skype and what it does is is it records us I'm on on the right side and and, uh, and matt's on the left uh for like stereo uh it splits our our feeds that way that way it's easier for us to edit um say my cell phone goes off which it never should because it's turned off um but you know whatever happens uh, i i mean we've had we've had people's phones go off in the background and that sort of thing and you guys never know because all i have to do is shut off that that would be me that side uh for for just the split second that it happens and then it comes back um and you guys never know and then what i normally do is i flatten it into a mono track before i put other stuff in last week i i was i was sort of busy with other stuff and i wanted to get the episode out for you guys so i didn't do that because it actually it takes about like five to ten minutes depending on the episode length and uh and because the episode was so long, I just did not want to uh, to sit there and wait the 20 minutes that it would have taken to compress it into one track. And then because I got to do it like three or four times. So I was just taking the shortcut. Out there. So sorry for anybody that that inconvenience and uh, and we'll be back to normal. And now that I know that you guys don't like that, because Patrick was not the only one who commented. I got more than um, one. Yeah, I got more than one comment on it. So I uh, I won't do that in the future. I'll make sure that they're that they're all uh, flattened down into uh, into a mono. Well, a mono. yeah. Well, I appreciate the comments there, Patrick. And me and Mike have talked about the show, and we thought that was the best thing to do was to do the recap and comment on it as we go. And then, as you guys have heard this episode, we've starting, we're starting to add a little more technical stuff in it. We're trying to put in a little bit of sound clips so you can get even a more feel of, of what happened during the episode and and why we're commenting yeah. on certain things. So hopefully you guys like that aspect as well. So thanks for the compliments. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, definitely, definitely let us know what you think about, uh, what you think about, about adding in the audio clips. And if you guys like that, I'm, I'm sure yeah, you will. I think so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, so thank you for the, thank you for, for commenting on the site, which, which I consider an email. Uh, so, for the record, for everybody, that's that's as good as emailing because I get your, uh, I can reply to you and everything, and, and it's all good. Um, but yeah, uh, so let's go on to the forum post of the week. You want to sure? Read this? this is re- uh, posted by Stone Seven. It says, "Creating your own Clone Wars video game. If you could create your own Clone Wars video game, what would it be called? What would it be about? Like a storyline or just ma- smash up?" Would it have cheat codes or skins? Would it just be about clones or about Jedi? And real quick on this, Mike, um, my kids are big into the Call of Duty series. And if they were to make a 
Star Wars in a clone or in a um, Call of Duty type um, way. And there's actually video out. I don't know if anybody has seen this, that there's actually a Stormtroopers on Tatooine and it's done through the computer. It's a PC game and they've incorporated it into the Call of Duty series, like the Modern Warfare series. And um, if anybody's seen it, they'll know what I'm talking about. It looks just like Modern Warfare, but it's with um, uh, Rebels and Imperials. And it looked really, it looked really cool. I was like, dang, I would, you know, that'd be cool. I'd, I'd like to do that. So if I was creating yeah. a game, that's what I would look towards. Something, something more like that, like a first person shooter. That's kind of the stuff I'm into. So I don't know what you think about all that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I enjoyed the battlefront games, which, which are very yes, similar yes, to that. I- um, but I mean, my, my favorite star Wars video games that have come out so far uh, have definitely been the Rogue Squadron games, and I would love to uh, to see a return to the Rogue Squadron. Oh yeah, stuff. definitely. So um, to see something like that in a Clone Wars setting, I think would be really cool to see to see the Clone Wars characters. Um, and I'm talking about Rogue Squadron Two, Rogue Leader, not Rebel Rebel Strike, because Rebel Strike was crap. <laughs> um, yeah. Because you could get out of your fighter and walk around and stuff, and walking around was just terrible. Right. It was pointless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy the Rogue Squadron games, and uh, and I'd like to see them sort of return to that that arcade starfighter combat sort right. of thing and focus on it for a change rather than just have it as a feature in a Battlefront game or something like that. But I mean, definitely for what's coming out soon. Uh, and what what I would like to see, what I would make myself if I were in charge of something, uh, I think that that the old Republic is kind of going to embody a lot of what okay. I would do. I don't know that I would necessarily do it in that era. Um, I'd like to see something in the classic era. I'm I'm getting a little bit tired of everything being prequel or Clone Wars. Like right now, it seems like everything's it's Clone, Clone Wars, Wars or Old Republic. Or it's legacy, and nobody cares about the classic trilogy era anymore, and they don't care about those characters mm-hmm. anymore. And I think that's because, of, like the kids now, I mean, you know who drives the market, and it's you know you've got you got three of them in your house, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, like those guys are who drive the market. It's it's boys, you know, like young oh, yeah, boys yeah. drive the Star Wars market, and those guys are into the clone wars and they're into to to the prequels because that's what they've grown they're, up with. you know what they so, like is the uh the lego series so yeah. there you go so so i mean it's a, it's a totally different thing than what i want because i want classic trilogy right. stuff i want han solo and luke skywalker and i'd love to see them do video games based on on that era and and the era and like and particularly the new Jedi Order. I really like the I new was Jedi, say Jedi Order. Order yeah. A lot a lot of people aren't really keen on it, but I like the Yuuzhan Vong as an enemy. Oh, yeah. um, I think I think that they worked really well. And I think I mean like uh, I don't know. I think I might have mentioned it before, but I'm reading uh, Invasion, Invasion yeah. which is the the new Jedi Order uh, era comic book, and I'm really enjoying it because. You've got Luke and Han and Leia and all and you know Jason and Jane and all these characters running around in this universe, um, and I really enjoy those characters, particularly 
Jedi Master Luke. I really enjoy Luke at that stage, mm-hmm. um, and I'd like to see a little bit more of that, which is why I'd like to see a, a, a classic trilogy character animated series oh, yeah. come out. Yeah. Uh, I'd really like to see Mark Hamill reprise the role of of uh, Luke Skywalker. We'll see what happens. He got that other so, yeah. cartoon series he's supposed to be doing. But yeah, yeah, there's been rumors about it. We'll see what happens. But yeah, that's what I'd like to see in a in a in a Star Wars or Clone Wars video game. Is something either either Rogue Squadron style in the Clone Wars setting, or something not Clone Wars at yeah. all. <laughs> Which I guess is not what I should be saying on my Clone Wars podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll edit that out. Yeah. Uh, I really I really like the Clone Wars, and I love this show, and I love what they're doing with it. Um, I feel like the video games that they've been putting out though are real crap. Yeah. They're 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 what's commonly referred to by hardcore video gamers as shovelware, um, where they just sort of put something just out to put, put it something out, yeah. out and make money. Yeah, and it's not really about the game right. itself. Um, if if anybody's played the recent uh, Batman Arkham Asylum, that's how licensed video games should be done, where the the video game services the character, not the right. other way around. Um, and I feel like Republic Heroes and Jedi Duels and all those games have really just it. It's a matter of a, of a license servicing a video game and not the other right. way around. I definitely uh, agree with that. So, so yeah, that's that's really all that I have to say on yeah. the subject. Well, uh, those of you out there, go ahead and, and uh, tell us what you think. Uh, start posting. Yeah, yeah. There. Jump on the phone. And, let us and with that, we'll go to the upcoming episode description. Um, yeah, but, um, I just want to say, like, they haven't been doing. We wanted to do audio for these but they haven't been doing teasers uh as far as i know like they haven't been releasing them on the website well they're doing like they're doing like 10 second teasers um really quick i mean they did actually have a preview of this week and i didn't didn't get to um to uh catch the audio for it but uh it's about i think it was about 10 or 15 seconds and uh kind of sets it up but i'll try to get that next week for our, our upcoming episode description but you want to go ahead and read okay. the, at least read it? Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. Uh, at the Jedi Council's request, Padme investigates a separatist conspiracy in the Senate. So I haven't seen a preview for this because uh, I haven't seen this past week's episode on TV yet. And Teletoon doesn't do the previews. So um, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about what you know about it from, from the preview that you've seen. Well, it looks like um, we're getting into um, Padme where she meets... Um, somebody in the Senate and it looks like this is the part where they're going to have a relationship maybe uh, and, and where Anakin oh, okay. gets a little jealous it looks like um, yeah. that's kind of what I what I got out of it there's something going on as it says a conspiracy but um, it looks like uh, Padme is going to befriend somebody in the Senate and has kind of like a confidant and uh, it kind of that's pretty much all it it went with so kind of a little bit in the dark um, as to what this episode is really going to be about. But that's the description they give, and I'm sure the, uh, the uh, description will be on StarWars.com sometime later this week. But mm. that's what we got cool. so far. Well, I'll look forward to that. I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm personally not a fan of the Padme storylines, but um, I feel like they've been some of the weakest episodes so right. far. 
but uh, but who knows? This yeah, be you never one. know. The way this season's uh, going, huh? yeah, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But and I know, I know that it's definitely it's to to sort of serve the the female fan base, which uh, which I totally respect yeah. that because we need we need we need more lady more Star chicks, Wars fans. Star Wars chits. Yeah, yeah. Totally. All right. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, that's the episode for this week. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, uh, username Clone Wars, and head over to Facebook, join our group, and uh, join the fan page. And as always, check us out on the Geek Out Loud forums at www.geekoutpodcast.com slash forums. And uh, there's tons of other shows in there. There's about four or five other shows in there that you can jump into their forums, listen to their podcasts as well. So it's uh, it's like you get like six podcasts forums for the price of one can't beat that you can't i don't think that anybody else anywhere has a deal (laughs) because i mean you get you get like six for one and then it's also free i mean yeah you can't beat that that. you can't beat head on over there yeah yeah and uh and get in there and don't forget to email us uh send in i mean you guys can email us with whatever i i really like to hear from you guys um what you think about the uh the episodes not not of front lines as much as uh, as clone wars and and tell us what you think of of uh of the season so far so uh yeah you can email me at mike at clone wars podcast.com and, and matt. you can get matt at yeah matt at clone wars podcast.com yep, that's so. it all yeah. right until uh until next week uh take every take care everybody and may the force be with you yeah, another one of his hands.